Thank you for joining us, ladies and gentlemen. At this moment, we would ask you to please rise for your national anthem. For the national anthem to be sung here by television actor and a co-owner of one of the cars, David Hasselhoff. <laughs> oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light what so proudly we hailed at the All right. Hi, everyone. (laughs) We are back this week with um, probably one of the best hour and a half of television that I've ever watched in my entire life. Um, I'm Anne. I'm Bridget. This is Once in a Lifetime, where we normally will talk about Lifetime movies. But this week, we take a deep dive into a totally different world of race car driving and drug smuggling. And oh it is amazing. Um, I stumbled upon this show on Netflix called Bad Sport. And it is about um, scandals in the sporting world that maybe aren't as like popular and well-known as a lot of Tanya Harding. Yeah. And this was, again... One of the most intriguing, like, hours of programming I've ever watched on just, like, a single subject. I was so into this fucking story. I was, like, obsessed with it. Um, I normally, like, you can't get me to watch a drama about, like, a drug cartel or drug smuggling or anything. But for some reason, whenever it's the real people who were involved in it... They're just always the most interesting. Oh my god, characters! And you're just I know like, you're a real person. So this is a show called Bad Sport, and this is the second episode called Need for Weed, <laughs> and it is the story of Randy Lanier, who was a race car driver and also smuggled millions of dollars of marijuana into the United States through Southern Florida million i mean millions of dollars absolutely insane yeah um oh go ahead no you go oh this is very stupid but i got really excited when i was watching it because they mentioned the broward county sheriff and i've got my hands on multiple library cards and one of them is for the broward county library in florida <laughs> ooh look at you you're like one of those people who's registered to vote in 8000 places aren't you no you that's have library illegal. cards all over the country <laughs> a man in every port a library card in every city <laughs> you can't hold me down <laughs> so we start the show with a look back Randy is popping into a diner. He's off to see his wife, who's just given birth to their second baby. And he's ordering something, looking at the TV. And he sees he's on the news. His house is being raided by the FBI. Oh, my God. And he is a fugitive and wanted by the law. And so he's like, oh, shit, I got to go on the run. Oh, no. We take a little dive back. 1963, Lynchburg, Virginia. Um, Randy grew up on a tobacco farm. 
mm-hmm. which I do feel might be a little, I don't know. He's comfortable with plants, we'll say. <laughs> so you're saying that was foreshadowing. He became <laughs> obsessed with race car driving. Like he heard a race on the radio and just like became obsessed with it and was like, I'm going to be a race car driver. He moved with his family, uh, mom and dad, to Florida in 1967. And around this time, he's like a teenager, like late mm-hmm. teenager. He's introduced to a guy named Alan, mm-hmm. who I fucking love. I love Alan. I don't know how to describe Alan. Alan is like a white guy with a mustache. He seems like a guy from Michigan who moved to Florida. Like he's a Midwestern oh, absolutely. guy that lives in Florida. And uh, he's just a real no nonsense, like telling it like, like it is. One of the guys from the um, Dub Bears sketch. Mm-hmm. Like that's who he yes. is friends with. Yeah. Yes. He was talking about when he met Randy and how he thought Randy was so funny because Randy would say stuff like, <laughs> oh man. And <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's what, okay. Y'all, I met a real character today. Listen to this. Something crazy happened. He said, oh, man. So Alan's like a real good time guy. He's just out here having fun. He (laughs) is just like, Randy, smoke some weed. And Randy's like, no, 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 man. I don't want to get into that. But, you know, Alan, classic Alan, he'll just get you to do what you don't want to (laughs) do. So Randy smokes weed and is like, I love it. It's the best. (laughs) It's the best of my life. So Randy started working in construction. His dad found out he was smoking weed and he was like, ah, you got to get a real job. So he goes to work construction and then becomes a drug dealer for all of the men. Because he had long hair and they were all like, you look like you know where to get some weed. So he starts dealing drugs to all of these construction workers. He goes to a concert and he meets the love of his life, the love of my life as well. (laughs) Fucking queen, goddess, legend of them all, Pam. Pam, 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 Pam. Fucking loved Pam. Oh, I love Pam. Like the most even keeled woman I've ever seen in my life like she just seemed like she kept her cool no matter what I want to have was dinner going with Pam <laughs> she's got stories she's so funny and she was just like and he always had good marijuana <laughs> like, yeah like, <laughs> what can I say she said she likes the bad boys same Pam same <laughs> like I love Pam so Randy's here making like five grand a week selling all of this weed. He buys a boat and is like, cool, I'm going to go to the Bahamas and do a pickup for this guy I know, Mm. picking up a bunch of weed. Um, And back then, everything was so loosey-goosey that there was like no security on the port at all. And they're just like, yeah, you just come here with whatever you want in your boat. And so so crazy. They would come back with all of this weed in this boat and then like go up the channels just delivering it to people, which sounds like an extremely effective method. Oh, my God. Like, can you just imagine like boat delivery of weed to your amazing? Incredible. Uh, Amazing. 
Now we enter a dark time, guys. 1971. Eh, eh, eh. We got the war on fucking drugs, which is the fucking biggest waste Reagan. of money aside from military that this country has ever wasted. Like there is a documentary. It's very old at this point, but it's called Grass and it's narrated by Woody mm. Harrelson. And it's just about like what a waste of money the war on drugs is. And it's it's a lot, guys. And it doesn't do anything, right? It doesn't do anything. And it's, it's clearly, super racist. It's yeah. so fucking racist. But they're really cracking down um, in especially in South Florida because mm-hmm. they're like, well, this shit is coming in from South Florida. So this is bad news bears for Randy and his crew. Uh, they leased a house to keep the weed there because they couldn't just have it like hanging out on their boat. Uh, Pam said we, he had a waterbed. We smoked a lot of weed and had a lot of sex. And then she did like this little emoji with like this. <laughs> um, <laughs> so one night they had just gotten done. Uh, fucking. They say, yeah, they say making love. Making whoopee. <laughs> So knock, knock, knock. There's a knock at the door and Randy goes to open it. And it's a friend of his with another guy. And he's like, oh, hey, this guy wants to like buy some shit from you. And Randy's like, "Okay, fine. Come on in. Well, guess what? It wasn't a deal. It was a fucking robbery. One of the guys pulled a gun on Randy and then went in the bedroom where Pam was and held the gun to my precious Pamela. No, no. Your hands off her. They duct tape them up. They robbed them, got out of there. Randy and Pam were able to get out of the duct tape. But at that point, he is like, oh, my God, this is too dangerous. I can't be risking my darling Pam's life like this. This is crazy. I can't Mm -hmm. do this. We got to get out of the business. So in 1977, they went to the Miami Beach Auto Show and he bought an old Porsche and was like, Pam, I'm going to be a race car driver. <laughs> and she's like, great. Live your dream, baby. Like <laughs> I support you whatever you want to do. Takes Alan for a spin in like a car going 200 miles an hour around a track and there's no seatbelts. And Alan, Terrifying. Alan said he almost pissed his pants and then immediately said it was a thrill. I almost pissed my pants. It was a thrill. <laughs> Loved it. Um, he starts like really actually racing. He didn't ever have any like training as a race car driver. He self-taught himself. He did all of it himself. And he won the first amateur race that he ever entered, which is really impressive. Yeah. A lot of this stuff is pretty impressive. Like he's a really good fucking driver. (laughs) Yeah. It's crazy. Um, so he and Pam got married. They had a baby girl and, he realizes that racing is a rich man's hobby and that he needs to start getting into weed again. Like, mm-hmm. cause my God, this shit is so fucking expensive. So what do you do? Buy a 65 foot boat and smuggle in 15,000 pounds of weed. Well, yeah, the, the pounded, mm, I don't like that word. Uh- <laughs> Wait. <laughs> yeah. Just the, like, enormity of what they ended up moving was just so crazy to me. I honestly do need to see like a graphic of like a man and like 15,000 pounds of weed next to him. 
I because yeah, I think at one point they said one hundred and ten thousand pounds on one boat trip. Yeah. I, yeah, you're right. I can't in I my can't. mind understand. Does that fill my apartment? Like I have no idea. Right. But it just sounds like so, so much. much. <laughs> so I mean, it much. was the, that one was the biggest haul in mm-hmm. history at that point. Mm-hmm. Probably not anymore, but maybe I don't know. Um, so they have all of this weed, 15,000 pounds of weed. They realize they need a stash house. So knowing that like they're not to be able to get what they need they need to like have someone be like a front man for them to get them the Mm -hmm. property that they need which is big like a lot of acreage away from everybody um so they meet charles who is like a legit business businessman does something with olives olive oil i mean he's just like a shysty motherfucker charles is like a piece of shit right like (laughs) charles is an asshole i don't know anybody's name except for randy so tell me who charles is charles is the gay guy okay in the the pool but he's a real smug guy that he i mean he's just like a a schmoozy businessman that's Mm -hmm. full of shit but if you give him enough money, he's going to do what you need him to do. Yeah. A stereotype of a schmoozy businessman from the seventies. Like, yeah. And he's still that today. And he is still <laughs> that today. Um, so they use Charles as their front man to, to rent this house, they paid Charles in a big bag of weed because he was like, yeah, fuck, give me a giant sack of marijuana. I'll take it. Um, so their plan to unload all of this weed is that they're gonna unload it from the boat onto these little like rubber dinghies, right? Mm-hmm. And then run, run that to the shore, load up the vans, blah, blah, blah. So this all has to be done at night and they're doing it. <laughs> and Alan, they're like on the little rubber dinghy and he's like, <laughs> he says he's like, laying on top of all these barrels or bales of like weed on this tiny rubber boat trying to get him to not fly off into the ocean and then he says the battery cables are like the wires for the battery are in the water so he's getting like electrocuted it's so bad it sounds like that would be awful and then guys there's beach walkers just a drunk little couple having a smoke on the beach, not even realizing there's a fucking gun pulled on them, mm-hmm. not even realizing that they're like walking into this huge smuggling operation and that people are ready to shoot them. Then they turn around and walk away. Lucky fucking ducks. They probably Yikes. have no idea to this day. Um, so they get it all unloaded and he made a shit ton of money. They get attack dogs. Rottweilers, mm-hmm. which I grew up with, and I think they're sweet little babies. Um, but they had one named Mad Max, who That's would like name. literally kill like everybody but two people. Like he was an attack dog. And I had a dog named Max who also was an attack dog and was a Rottweiler, but he was sweet. Maybe and you one. think maybe it was the same dog? It maybe it was. <laughs> <laughs> There's this point where Randy is talking about like, oh my God, yes. I trusted Alan so much <laughs> with all of the sweet. There's no way he would have like taken from me. Like he was my top guy. And then they immediately cut to Alan going, yeah, I fucking took some of that weed and roll a joint whenever I wanted. 
And I'm like, of course he did. What are you talking about? It was so funny. So they made a million dollars with that, with that drop. Um, Then we go to 1983. This is the Miami Grand Prix. And he has a friend. Randy has a friend who has a private race team. So he's going to go drive for his friend's team. And he's getting like a lot of local press because he's like the local guy. It's Mm -hmm. in Miami. He's in Miami. Like, so he's kind of becoming a local celeb. Pam says we were snorting a lot of Coke and drinking a lot of champagne. I mean, babes. It was the eighties. (laughs) I would be disappointed if you weren't Pam, honestly. So they're doing a test run for this big race and the gearbox breaks in Randy's car and the owner of the team has no spare parts. So he couldn't drive in the race and it was a real fucking bummer. And at that point, Randy is like, you know what? Fuck this. Fuck all y'all. I'm starting my own goddamn race team. So he does. And then the producer, when he's being interviewed about this, the producer asks him where he was going to get the money to fund this. And Randy just like starts laughing hysterically. Like not maniacally, but maniacally. But he's he's like, like, you know why you're here interviewing (laughs) me, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, So at this point, we get connections to Columbia. The good stuff, baby. Mm Yeah. Uh, so they're going to go to Columbia and get their shit from Columbia. But uh oh, there's a new anti-drug task force. Bump, bump, bump. They are focusing on South Florida. They are like, this is where it's coming from. Yep, We're going to yep. get it here. Um, so it's way too risky for them to continue like as is with their little 65 foot boat. So, hey, my friend has a fucking barge. Let's it's so big. Use that. And they did. And do you know what they did, everyone? They fucking like hollowed out the bottom of the boat so they could put secret compartments in it to hide all the weed so that when customs looked, it would just look like the bottom of the boat. But there was mm-hmm. shit under the boat. Like it is insane what they did. It's it's insane. Apparently that but wasn't these- the French connection, though. Right? Was it oh, that movie? Mm, I have no idea. Uh, I was just going to say, I was amazed these chuckleheads were like able to pull that off. I mean, they seem like the guys who would put too much lighter fluid on a fucking barbecue and sing their eyebrows off. Like, <laughs> yes. They were able to do this. I know. It's insane. It makes no, I mean, that just shows you like how bad. Everyone wasn't regulating things I know. in the 80s. I know. So this is the one where they get 110,000 pounds of <gasps> meat. so much. And then they go to Connecticut to an abandoned gas station that they've rented because they know that the South Florida is mm-hmm. like under fucking surveillance. So they go to Connecticut to this gas station. They had lookouts there with like a police scanner but somebody spotted a cop going into one of their buildings and they were like, nope, we got to cut this. This isn't the place to do this. So it took them 30 days to find a new spot, which ended up being in some fucking shipyard in New York. They had to pay a mob guy to use the space. 
I mean, it didn't cut into their profit at all, apparently, no. to like pay this mob guy, which you know was a ton of money. Mm-hmm. Um, so what they would do is like unload all of this weed, which Alan said was like 30 feet high, like bales of weed just stacked 30 feet high. Oh so they would unload it into the container into uh, like while they were on the ship and mm-hmm. then lift the container out. So then it doesn't it doesn't look like anything like you just yeah. load that onto a fucking truck and take it off. Um, and for doing that, Randy's cut for one hundred and ten thousand pounds of weed was ten million dollars in one I guess not one. Day and this work, was in the like, fucking 80s. Imagine what that so would be. Much. Now. Yeah. Like that's so much money. Mm-hmm. So with all of this money, he forms his racing team, the Blue Thunder Racing. And he has his buddy Bill Whittington come and race with him as like his co-driver. And he hires this guy named Keith from the UK to be his pit chief. They I couldn't two- get over that guy's oh my whole deal because he looks just like these guys, like way too tan and a gold chain. But then he's like, oh, right. All right <laughs> he doesn't jive at no. all. It was so weird. I know. But I liked him, though. And he also was the one that cut out like as soon as he was mm-hmm. like, this is no bueno for anybody. Um, so they have a two car team and just those cars cost $350,000 just for the cars. Insane. Alan becomes the cook for everyone <laughs> cooking hot dogs and hamburgers. That's right. And then now we're at the LA Grand Prix. Um, this was like a really intense race. So they're like the nobodies, right? They're nobodies. Bill and Randy are nobodies. They're like in second place in this fucking race. They pull off to like do a change. Bill rips Randy out of the car to like get into drive. The first place drivers pull off to switch drivers, but the second driver for that team wasn't ready. So they lost their first place. And then Bill's in the lead. Alan says he's racing his balls off and they fucking won it. Like they won it. Randy said it was so touching. It's like waiting for a baby. So Randy and Bill are just kicking ass everywhere. Like they are just the racing phenom. They're just now, taking races left and right. Do you know anything about racing outside of this? Cause I know absolutely nothing about car Not racing. Really? No, it just seemed like I thought part of it was going to be that they were somehow cheating, but they weren't, they were just no. that good at driving. They're, they were that good at driving. They were that good at driving. I know to come out of fucking nowhere and to take on all of these major car companies, professional drivers. I know it's astonishing. This is, this is the thing about this show. It's like, you were just good at what you were doing though. Yeah. Yeah. You've just done that. Um, So they're just, but along with, you know, winning all these races, they're getting a little more attention. Mm-hmm. brand new race team who the fuck are these guys where did they come from how oh, are they getting all this money so one particular very hot race in miami like it's a hot sweaty steamy day 
Yeah. And he sees a bunch of guys in suits and Randy is like, oh, shit, shit, shit. We're done. They come over to his motorhome to see him. And they're from the Ford division mm-hmm. of special vehicle operations. And they're like, we want to fucking talk to you, baby. <laughs> um, but this is honestly, I'm like, go Randy. He's he turns it down. He yeah. turns it down because he's like, I want my team to stay together. And I, like, I want to be in charge of what we're doing, which like that is. That's pretty cool. Amazing. That's I'm honestly like, I'm like, man, you really like stuck out for your brothers there. Good job. So Charles in the meantime gets married. We find out Charles and Randy are like super good friends, right? Char- or Randy was the best man. And we find out guys, Charles was actually gay and he was mm-hmm. hiding it because it was, you know, seventies and eighties and you don't, you don't say it. Um, but he knew he knew, but the point of that whole segment was to just show how close Charles and Randy were. They were very good friends. So what Charles does is like really bad at the end. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. Was Randy actually a good friend to him? If he didn't feel safe enough to be who he was is all i'm saying i mean i get it was the 80s but still yeah i just i don't know i mean when you're doing a bunch of multi-million dollar drug smuggling i guess friendship isn't really like the first thing that you're thinking i guess right (laughs) so guys they are just like living the good life they are taking trips, buying stuff, buying apartments, buying homes, buying cars. Like, he literally says, got a jet just to have it. Just to <laughs> like, have what? it. I can't wrap my brain it's around that just statement. just crazy. So they're in this like pissing contest with Porsche at this point. Porsche keeps losing to them mm-hmm. and Porsche keeps trying to like, upgrade their cars to beat them and so they have to keep upgrading their cars to beat Porsche and they eventually have to do another weed deal for 135,000 pounds of weed Jesus Christ now this next race he needs Randy needs to win the next race to like in be in the championship or whatever win the mm. championship so Bill's car breaks Randy takes over driving uh the Porsche car breaks and on the last lap, he finally gets the lead and he's winning and he's winning and he fucking wins the championship. Like he wins it. He wins it. And this is when he goes crazy with the money. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Where to the point where he rented an elephant for his daughter's sixth birthday party. Yes. Crazy. So now we're getting close to the Indy 500 here. Um, they are going to do a $49 million drug run. And, oh, no, they did. They did do a $49 million drug run, and they decked the team out with everything they would mm-hmm. need for the Indy 500. Like, pimp your ride? Oh, we pimped it. <laughs> hey, we heard you like race cars. We put a race car in your race car. <laughs> <laughs> Well, kind of, because he does buy his daughter um, oh a God. little mini Volkswagen that she can literally drive. I mean, it it's is very cute. So cute. 
<laughs> but it was probably have- like seventy-five thousand dollars. Did you ever have Power Wheels? No, but oh I wanted one God. so bad. It's like. <sighs> I mean, I lived on a dirt road, but I'd also had like a driveway. I had a blacktop driveway. So I could have used it. Whatever. It's fine. <laughs> I had to skip it. <laughs> <laughs> so there's also more Reagan drug bullshit going on. Ugh. And Reagan is like, hey, guess what? If you're drug trafficking, the maximum sentence can be life. And uh, we hate you. We hate everyone. That mm-hmm. we're just gonna send you to jail, even though it's nonviolent drugs. Blah 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 blah. blah. Whatever. So we're in the Indy 500, and Randy was the slowest qualifier for the race because he wasn't used to driving these cars. The Indy cars are different cars than he's used to doing, and he was just the slowest one. Um, at this point, Keith, the pit crew from or the pit guy from the UK, realizes they're being watched by the FBI. Mm. He's starting to see g-men everywhere there's cars following them so quit keith is like i gotta quit i can't do this this is no bueno and the team kind of crumbles a little bit without keith yeah um randy has gone a lot racing poor pam is lonely and feeling the effects of this she starts smoking coke you don't want to do that Pam you're a beautiful woman you know what she's still she's like fucking gorgeous honestly like for years of drug use like she she looks that's a great point yeah still have Um, like her 80s perm which is always hard for me to move past but yeah that looks good on her though um (laughs) so like Randy came home and she was partying with friends and getting super high and he was like you need to stop this or I'm taking the kids so the next day she went to rehab and she got clean. She was there for 30 days, got clean and kind of was starting to see the reality of her life and like mm. was realizing this is not a way for them to live. She immediately got pregnant with her son, begging Randy to get out of this because we have kids. We're a family. We can't do this. We can't do this. And he says he can't. He's addicted to it because he needs to fund his racing. He needs to race. And this is what makes him be able to race. It really frustrated me that he recognized this is an addiction for me. Yeah. And I did just require you to go to rehab for your addiction. So I wouldn't take the kids from you, but I am free to continue to do whatever the fuck I want to do what I need to do. I did not care for that. This next load they're going to do is one hundred and sixty five thousand pounds. Fifty (gasps) two million dollars 52 million dollars so 10 days after the boat docks his friend comes over and tells him that his brother who was like involved somehow with Mm -hmm. the unloading or whatever docking he knew what was going on he was arrested and he's gonna fucking talk to the cops and so they know they know that this giant shipment of fucking 52 million dollars worth of weed is just waiting so randy although needs to like not piss off the colombians because you don't want to piss off a south american drug cartel so what they're going to do is take the barge to san francisco while the feds are waiting in louisiana and this takes six months six months of them waiting and like just hanging out until they're clear to unload i would 
have lost my mind with anxiety with anxiety I I, I and you're not even there like you know what I mean no, you're like, yeah you're not like able to actually see what's on going it. on Mm-mm. no way no way so meanwhile he qualifies for the Indy 500 he wanted to win rookie of the year at Indy 500 that was his goal and did you know I learned that the Indy 500 is the largest single day sporting event in the world I did not know that. I didn't know that, but now you know. Uh, this is when David Hasselhoff sings the national <clears throat> anthem that you all heard beautifully at the beginning of this program. <laughs> um, Randy is driving. He's loving it. He talks about becoming one with the car, which I get that. <laughs> I feel like I become one with my workout video game on my VR sometimes where I really am just into it. And I'm just like, yeah. So I get it, Randy. He he placed 10th and he won rookie of the year. Mm-hmm. He won it. Mm-hmm. He won rookie of the year. He did what he wanted to do. Like that is incredible. Um, The barge is in San Francisco still. The FBI has been looking at every barge in Louisiana for three months. Oh my God. Because they know there is some coming in. Meanwhile, in San Francisco, they're going to unload the weed, right? Was this in San Francisco that they unloaded it or in Louisiana? I'm I guess I didn't really know. All the details of location. So what happened, guys, is, oh, boy, this was like the I didn't like this part of the story. Um, th- some water ended up leaking in mm-hmm. to the compartments where the weed was hid. Now, what happens when weed begins to break down and decompose is that it will release methane gas. Now, there were rumors about two men who died unloading this shipment. And Randy's asked about it, and he says, there were rumors. I didn't see no bodies. He's asked again, and he laughs. Like in a very scary way, Mm -hmm. they ask Alan. Alan was like, I wasn't there around that area. I don't want to talk about it. But Charles says, apparently what happened was the weed released, released the methane from the decomposition. And when the guys were using a torch to like open the hatch, it exploded and they died. And the two men died. And there's a point where the producer or whoever is interviewing Randy asks him directly if Gene, who was the owner of the boat, did Gene tell you two men died unloading your stuff? And Randy just like stares, stares blankly like it. And then he eventually is like, I didn't see anything, baby. You Okay, yeah. Those two guys died. Those two guys totally died. And it's really fucked up the way that they go about not answering it, but also very much answering it with their body language. It's even more fucked up because later he does cry. And it really upset me that he didn't care about these two people who died. Maybe because legal ramifications. Like there already were. I don't know. Um, so Randy Rex during a race, he hit the wall at 214 miles an hour. 
Can you imagine? No. The fastest I've ever gone in a car was one of the scariest moments of my life. I was with Matt, my ex-husband, his friend TJ, uh, an albino guy who was like a human encyclopedia. And then my ex-husband, Matt's cousin, Mark. And all of these guys are like six feet tall, right? Like they're all very tall. And I'm just like five, five. What kind of car were you in? That's a lot. Oh, a two door like sports car. And I was in the middle. We're in North Carolina. Driving down these windy dirt roads in the fucking country with a bunch of illegal fireworks in the back in the trunk going 120 miles an hour. (gasps) I was crying. I was like. I'm going to die. 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 Like I, as soon as we got, we got back to the house, I threw up. Like I was, it was awful. I can't imagine going faster than that. No. In a car Mm -hmm. where you're supposed to control things. Absolutely Mm -hmm. not. So at this point, Pam tells him the FBI was at the house asking about him and he decides to run. He's like, I can't put this on you we're going to get a divorce you're going to get the mansion and he also has his dad bury a shit ton of money on his dad's property on the Mm -hmm. tobacco farm um they all the guys involved try to get fake birth certificates so they can get fake ids so they can get fake licenses charles goes to try to do this at the dmv (laughs) his description of this really made me and the He's like, yeah, I'd like one ID, please. (laughs) And the lady looks at his birth certificate and it's like, great, one second. And immediately calls the cops because it's like clearly fake. So the cops come and arrest him. Unfortunately, in Charles's car was the briefcase with the notes that had all of the information about all of the money transactions that had taken place. During all of these multi multi million dollar details, (laughs) so detailed. Charles. So this is when it's January 1987. Uh, This is when we jump to the opening scene where Pam has given birth to the baby boy, and Randy sees himself on television and is like, "Fucking fuck." Pam has been questioned several times about his whereabouts by the FBI and the police, but that bitch ain't no snitch she kept Mm -mm. her mouth shut she kept her mouth shut um she sold their house and immediately the irs took all of her money Mm -hmm. and uh she was being threatened by the fbi and so she told them that there was money hidden on randy's dad's property and they arrested randy's dad and Randy's dad went to jail. But I did think it was beautiful that she said that he forgave her like before he died because she felt really horrible about it. But I mean, like, I, I totally understand. Why she, she did what did she that. had to like, do. She for has her children. She has mm-hmm. children. He did what he did for his kid. She had to do what she did for her kids. Like and he forgave her and totally understood. And I thought that was quite lovely. Like. I like and that. His dad going to jail is what Randy cries about. Yes, that was what real that's 
Randy got most upset about his mm-hmm. dad going to jail, which I understand because he was probably in his fucking 80s. Yeah, he looked real. And he old. didn't know. Like, I don't think he knew really the full extent of what was going on. Like, I it was probably just like, Dad, can you hide this? Like, just in case. And, you mm-hmm. know, and it just sucks. Like, this poor old man had to go to jail. Um, so nine months later, after Randy has, like, been on the run, He's living on this little island, just yeah, in a house with a boat, living his life. Like, sounds not too shabby. Fucking awesome, Randy. (laughs) Yeah, well, I guess we're supposed to feel real sorry for you. And he sees this plane kind of flying by a lot. (laughs) And it's like, hmm, that doesn't Mm -hmm. seem like good news for me. So he tries to kind of take off, but there are Jeeps everywhere. And it, you're caught, Randy. This is it. Mm -hmm. This is it for you. They catch him. Uh, he refused to work with the feds. Alan refused to work with the feds. Charles did not refuse to <laughs> work with the feds. Charles sang like a little baby bird. Um, sure did. So Alan still is like pissed about Charles testifying against them. Cause I get it. Cause Charles was like, Hey, I had kids and Alan was like, yeah, so did all the fucking rest of us. Like, why are you more special? Like we would have only gotten 10 years each if you just should shut up and like Mm -hmm. been quiet. What, whatever. Um, so Alan, we find out he does get a little emotional about that too. Like that's when he gets pissed off about is, uh, Charles, but he got a 15 year sentence. He served five years. Charles was sentenced to 12 years. He did seven. Randy ended up getting a life sentence. Yeah, they made a real example out of him. For a plant. So he has to, like, have his kids come and visit him in jail. Um, It's very hard. Pam ends up getting a job at a treatment center as a counselor, Mm -hmm. which I thought was lovely. Um, We're seeing a lot of shots of Randy through prison. He went through a Bronson phase where he had that big mustache, which is like not good because that guy killed so many people. (laughs) (laughs) He was very violent. Um, And 27 years later. Who gives him a presidential part? Presidential. (laughs) A presidential pardon. Very be smooth. Very. He's like, babies, you shouldn't be locked up in jail. You were just smoking a little weed, my loves. Just a little bit. You're out. Just $52 million worth. Get out. So he's released from prison. He's asked Pam to remarry him. And she says, I'm thinking about it. He's a good painter. He's a good painter. He is a good painter. I mean, I wish I could paint. Maybe I need to commit a petty crime so i'm just in long enough to hone his own painting skills that's the only way to get good is in prison and then bridget what happens at the very end whose house do they go over to oh boy they go to charles house and he is really putting on a show for the cameras yes he says to this man randy who he sold out to the cops fine whatever but he's like you have blessed my home with your presence 
on this the day of my daughter's wedding like I don't know he just has this ridiculous way of talking to him it's so weird it's so funny but I mean honestly though I love what Randy says which is live with forgiveness and gratitude Mm -hmm. like that guy could have put him away for life he was gonna be that was a death sentence for him and he's able to take responsibility and like understand and move past it and like but that I think that's a real like forgiveness and gratitude man like that's you You just gotta gotta live your life like that and I thought it was lovely I finally realized they didn't put me in prison I I did this to myself Yeah. yeah pretty enlightened for uh real dopey looking dude <laughs> yeah i know from like fucking where lynchburg virginia is that where i said i don't even mm-hmm. know and now he's like a weed ambassador for a mm-hmm. company and drives a race car for them like i it that was it and uh i just thought it was so amazing and incredible and like i've never heard about this guy ever me either super interesting and I was- they didn't I don't even think they got him like when they arrested him. It wasn't even on like it was like a conspiracy charge because they didn't catch him actually mm-hmm. with any weed. Like, so it was all just a conspiracy charge against him. Yeah, that's crazy. Crazy. I would have liked um, if his kids had been part of it, but I imagine they don't um, have the best relationship <laughs> with him. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know, know, but it is interesting that they chose not to participate. Yeah, I know. I mean, I, that would be interesting to get their perspective on it. Cause like Pam does say he was gone a lot. So they might not remember him a lot from when they were younger. Yeah. I mean, he was in prison for 27 years, his son's entire life. Yeah. That's crazy. That is crazy. But like he may, like, I don't know, like they did see him, you know, like, yeah, she did. And it seemed with them. pretty regular mm-hmm. visits. So I don't know. I just found that to be such a fascinating story. And I really loved every single person they talked to. I just was like, yes, yes. So yes. many characters. I mean, it really, really. Mm-hmm. And they're real people. Like those are actors. Those the are way real people. Charles was acting at the end. I was trying to convey this to Andrew. I'm like, I know he's being himself but it also like i'm having the feeling that i'm watching like a bad sitcom oh my with, like god. the he's... way that yeah, he's like, acting when his husband was like clearing oh my stuff god. from the table and he's like he's a keeper you and then he goes like <laughs> yeah anyone that <laughs> sticks around with me is a keeper you don't want to be like okay <laughs> calm down charles <laughs> so funny but I loved this. This in, honestly, though, this entire series is so good. It's so good. Yeah, and I hope they make more because it was just every every episode was fascinating. But this one was like my absolute favorite, just because of the people. This uh, is the only episode I've seen so far. We originally were going to do two, but then you realize they're actually like they're quite long. Quite <laughs> yeah, this long. was like the, ep- um, the length of a lifetime movie. Yeah, um, but I do want to watch the figure skating one. Yeah, the figure skating one is great. I mean, I know you're tender about animals, but mm-hmm. the horse one is like insane. 
they're just all crazy. They're all crazy. Yeah. And then you're just like, God, sports just everybody sucks. Like everyone is corruptible. I guess that's what it, you come. Everyone oh, is corruptible. absolutely. Everyone is corruptible. Mm-hmm. So what's your price? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It'd probably be pretty low. <laughs> I don't know. A bag of Twizzlers. Yeah. <laughs> a lifetime supply of Tootsie Rolls. So what do you need? Oh, <laughs> I'm listening. Oh, well, guys, that I really, I hope you guys watch this because it really, I loved it. I really, oh, you know what else I've been watching? Mm. Old Enough. Oh yeah, I haven't watched it. On Netflix. It is a Japanese show that's been around for apparently 30 years. I saw that. That's crazy. And it's just these little Japanese toddlers going out on errands. Their mom's like, hey, I need two pounds of this at the store. And then you got to go run to that market and get this. And they're like, okay, I'll do it. I, <laughs> they're like I two years it. old. <laughs> they have to like climb a mountain. It's like Dora the Explorer. Like Cross the I mountain through the forest and over the bridge. <laughs> it's What's in my backpack? But honestly, it really is just like such a feel good show. I've been watching it in the morning when I get ready for work and I like mm-hmm. walk when I'm watching it. And it just like I laugh, I cry. It's so fucking cute. I love it. I love it. I got to check it out. I for hope sure. it never goes off the air <laughs> beyond forever. You, I won't like, will you watch it tonight and text yeah. me? Yeah. They're, the episodes are 15 minutes. Oh, perfect. Uh, they're so short. Just watch, watch the first one and text me immediately and be okay. like, this is the best thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I'm very excited. All right. Well, everyone have fun watching stuff about shady sports people and also adorable little Japanese toddlers running mm-hmm. errands for their moms. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll see what. We're back with a Lifetime movie next week. We'll see what I choose. Yeah. All right. Well, have a lovely week, friendos. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. Bye. Bye.